God. According to your loving kindness, God, according to your tender mercies, we praise you this day, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Love lifted me when nothing else could help me. Jesus, God is love. He reached down and picked me up, the psalmist said, out of the muck and mire and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. Amen. And I'm not sorry anymore. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood this morning that washes whiter than snow. To the book of St. Luke this morning, the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. The Gospel of St. Luke this morning. Chapter 4. Luke, chapter 4. Verse 14 through verse 21. Scripture reads, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as it was his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he gave it again unto the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And I want to minister to you from this thought today so that others may live. So that others may live. Jesus, I thank you. God, I thank you for your word that we've already read this morning. I thank you for your word we heard this morning in our discipleship class. I thank you for your presence that we feel in this place. I thank you for every song that we have sung, every offering that has been given. Oh, God, everyone that's under the sound of my voice, whether here present or in the airways, oh, God, or wherever you will take your word today. Your word tells me, God, that it will not return void, but it will accomplish that whereunto you sin and prosper whereunto 
you please it. And we shall go out with joy and shall be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands, O oh God. And I am thankful today for your presence, O oh God. And just for your loving kindness and your tender mercies over us, God. And everything that you do, I say thank you, Lord God, that we may live. Amen. And I appreciate you. In Jesus' name, and you may be seated this morning, amen, so that others may live. The United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmers' motto is this, so that others may live. Of all the military services, none is more strenuous and demanding as the U.S. Coast Guard. These men and women must be physically and mentally fit and tough to accomplish the task and the missions they are given. They must be excellent swimmers, non-fearing, dedicated to saving lives. They do not get to choose their missions. The mission gets to choose them. When they get a call of a sinking boat or a ship or a plane, they must respond. And they do not get to choose the climate that they operate in. If the water is ice cold, they must enter to save a life. It may be someone's pet. It may be a loved one. It may be a fellow service member. They do it that others might live. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Rome says, For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, but God commended his love towards us, and while we was yet sinners, God died, or Christ died, for the ungodly. Jesus goes on in John three sixteen and 17, he tells Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son unto the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. If others is going to live, then we, the church, has got to be lifesavers. Amen. We must go and be willing to sacrifice ourselves so that others may live. No, we may not win a medal of honor here on this earth, but God will give us a star in our crown. As a matter of fact, Solomon tells us in Proverbs 11.30 that he that winneth souls is wise. Amen. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 4 after speaking with the woman at the well, and they came back from going into town to buy food, and the Bible said they marveled that Jesus would be talking uh, with this woman at Samaria. And they tried to get him to rise and eat. Uh, and Jesus says, My meat uh, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, uh, and then come the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for there are White already to harvest, and he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gather fruit unto.
unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth, another reapeth. I have sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor, other men's labor, and ye are entered into his labor. So what was Jesus' mission? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. What is our mission? To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That is a mission so that others live. That's the whole law purpose of the gospel. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again so that you and I could live also. That's why Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, because without the Spirit, we are none of His. We can't live without His Spirit. We need to have this Spirit in us. Others need to have the Spirit of Christ in them. So the overall mission of the church is so that others might live. Praise God. The rescue swimmers, amen. Can you imagine? They don't get to choose the mission. The mission gets to choose them. They don't know what kind of call is going to come. Amen. The Apostle Paul, amen, you look at Acts 16. He didn't get to choose the mission. The mission got to chose him. Paul wanted to go another way. But the Spirit, in the night vision, Paul heard a man says, come over and help us. And he immediately realized, that's not my mission there. My mission is over here in Macedonia now. And so immediately they took course and came to Macedonia. Amen. And notice the number of people that get saved while he's there. Lydia and her household, when they go out to pray by the, by the ocean or the sea. Amen. Her and her household get saved. They get beat. They get put in prison. But the mission is still there. And at midnight, when there's an earthquake and a shaking of the prison. Amen. The jailer calls for a light and he's springing in saying, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he and his household is baptized. It's all about so that others might be saved. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted, the priest deliverance uh, to the captives to recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach uh, the acceptable year.
fear of the Lord to preach the gospel to the poor. Paul says in Romans 10, 13 through 15, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him and whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of good things. Praise God. So that others might live. So question number one. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Notice, the lost cannot call on the Lord to be saved until they believe. Believe what? That Christ died for their sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Question number two, how shall they then believe on him of whom they have not heard? They cannot believe until they hear the good news about salvation. To be saved, you must hear the plan of salvation. The eunuch in the desert had to hear before he realized, here is water, what must I need do to be saved? Or what hindered me to be baptized? Cornelius, amen, in his household had to hear. Lydia had to hear. The jailer had to hear. You and I had to hear in order to be saved. Amen. So how shall they believe? We have to first hear. Amen. They've got to hear about Jesus. They've got to know the one that can save them. Number three, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. In other words, without someone to witness to them, you cannot hear the good news of the true witness of Jesus Christ. The 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, they had 120 witnesses when they spilled out in the streets and start speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Philip was a witness to those in Samaria. He was a witness to Simon when he got to the in Samaria. He was a witness to the eunuch out in the desert. Amen. To what God could do. The jailer had to have a witness. So he had Paul and Silas to witness to them. Peter had Andrew, amen, to come witness to him. Andrew said, we found him of whom Moses and the prophets did talk about. Jesus of Nazareth. Cornelius had to have a witness. So God sent him Paul. Amen. Amen. And Paul had to have a witness. So God sent him Ananias. Lydia had to have a witness. So God sent her Paul. You and I have to have a witness. And God sent my wife to me. My wife's letter started getting thicker and thicker. She always wrote and told me how much she loved me, Sister Barr. Every letter she ever wrote me was was all about how much she loved me. 
And when she started talking about baptism in Jesus' name, you know, and I need to be saved, the letter got bigger and thicker and thicker. And I'm thinking she's lost her mind. But, oh, thank God for a witness. Thank God for a true witness. Nothing better than a wife. Amen. To, to bring you into the fullness of the knowledge and understanding of the truth. Praise God. We, we all got to have a witness. We got to have a preacher. We got to have somebody to bring this truth out to, and to show us. Amen. Praise God. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Isaiah says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting upon the throne in his train, filled the temple. Above it stood the serpents, each having six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain they covered their feet, and with twain they did fly, and they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. And the door of the post moved at him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, for I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the serpents unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he placed it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy mouth, and thy iniquities are removed, and thy sins are purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who will go for us, and whom shall I send? Then said I, Hear my Lord, send me. And he says, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. Make their hearts fat and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted. And I said, Lord, how long? And he says, Until the city be without inhabitants and the house be without men. And I have removed men far away, and they be a great forsaken in the land. But there shall be a tenth, and they shall return therein, and it shall be eaten as the teal tree and the oak tree who cast forth their leaves, so shall their substance be. So shall the holy seed be the substance also. So God says, Isaiah, you just go. You just go preach. You just go tell them. Amen. Be the witness that the people need to hear about me. That's what we've got to do. Some will hear. We just got to go. Ananias, when God says, Ananias, there's a man named Paul down at the city on Straight Street. Amen. I want you to go. Ananias says, Lord, I heard that this man has taken us out. God says, oh, no. You just go be the witness because I've got something for him to do. Ananias was sent by God to Paul. Peter was sent by God to Cornelius. Philip was sent by God to the eunuch in the wilderness. And Paul was sent to Macedonia. And God has sent you where you are right now to be a witness. You're not where you stand by accident. You're not where you are by accident. God has sent you there to everything. There's a season 
And there is a purpose for everything under the heavens. You're where you are. Sister Barb, you're in the show, homies, for a purpose, to be a witness. Amen. Amen. We all are. Praise God. That's why I try my very best to my neighbors around me. Amen. To get to know them, to witness to them. Amen. Every now and then they start dropping little hints. They're, they're getting to realize who we are. They're, they're starting to realize. They've, they've always knew we were ministers, but now they're starting to talk a little bit more, more about the Lord. They're starting to say, thank you for praying for us. Thank you. You know, they're calling us when they got situations. My neighbor down the street, she had hurt her foot one morning. I was out, you know, guys, I get out every morning to, to go to exercise and stuff. And she was heading over to the hospital and her husband, amen, for a foot surgery, amen. And they saw me in the front yard. It was dark, but the car lights hit me, you know, as they was coming by. And they stopped. And then she says, would you pray for me? Oh, yes, by all means. Amen. Go around the side, just laid hands on her and began to pray. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus, praise God. And she's up walking up the now again. She's up already, you know, walking up and down Granddad's Bluff, her and her friends. Amen. Amen. But she was laid up a little while, Sister Sandy, but she came through. Amen. That you're going to come through. Just hang in there. Amen. Praise God. That's what I'm saying. You know, we are to be witness. How shall they hear without a witness? Amen. And how shall they, amen, except we sent. Amen. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts. Think about the number of people that you're around every day that's got broken hearts. Amen. Even some grandkids have broken hearts. At school, kids are with broken hearts. I've seen it when I, you know, volunteer at the school. Amen. And in places I've gone. To watch kids. I mean, they just want to cling to you because their hearts have been broken, you know, because maybe their parents is locked up in jail or maybe their parents has been abusive or whatever. But they just want somebody to, to hold on to. I mean, I've never seen so many kindergarten kids just want, when I walk into the school and into the classroom, they just want to hug me and hold on to me. Amen. Because their little hearts are broken. Amen. We, we got to allow that to transpire. You know, the kids are that's crying in the, in, the, in the cart, in the Walmart line, that their parents may be hollering and screaming at them. Their little hearts is being broken because, you know, they are kids. They, they see stuff they may want, to, but the parents is cursing them out and hollering at them and breaking their little hearts, and they're crying their hearts out. Well, you and I can be that witness uh, to just kind of so, you know, easily step in and, and, and comfort that child a little bit, uh, you know, to, to try to maybe bring back a light uh, or, or a little life to that kid. Amen. That's what we are here for. Amen. To bring hope, to heal the broken heart. Uh, amen. It, it, even our, our neighbors, uh, others in the church, uh, those that we co-work with. Uh, amen. We've got to hear. 
heal the broken heart, uh, to preach deliverance to the captives. Uh, there's many people that are trapped. Uh, there's many people that are ensnared to alcohol and drugs and abusive relationships uh, by Satan. Uh, and you, they could be right in the line behind you in the shopping line. Uh, amen. Sometimes you just got to be sensitive uh, to the Holy Ghost uh, and listen to God when he speaks to you and say, say something nice to them. Uh, amen. Or say something to be an encouragement to them. Uh, that's the only way we can deliver them uh, to help them uh, to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we have the keys, brothers, sisters, uh, to unlock the gates for deliverance. Uh, we have the key to open the blinded eyes. We have the key, amen, to save lives. That's what God did for us. He saved you and me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peace for sure, verily deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me, now safe as I. David says he took me up out of the mire, and he placed my feet upon the rock, and he established my goings. I've come to tell you today, you've been saved, you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this, so that others may live to recover the sight to the blind. Many are blind today. Amen. The world is blind. Amen. You can ask yourself, uh, why is it they can make laws uh, that uh, pass abortion, uh, uh, make laws uh, to use drugs, uh, uh, make all kinds of foolish laws, uh, and you say, man, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, amen. You know why you can see it? Uh, you can see it uh, because God has opened your eyes. Uh, you've been born again uh, of the water and the spirit. Uh, but Paul says, uh, if this God is hid. It is hid to them who's lost and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God, should be revealed to them. See, you can see. You've got your eyes open, but they're still blind. I don't care if they got a master's. I don't care if they got a Ph.D. If they don't have Jesus, they are blind, and they will always make wrong choices and wrong decisions. They will create laws and pass laws. As Daniel said, they will speak great words against the Most High and try to wear out the saints of the Most High, and they will think to change the times and the laws. But it says, Daniel says during the seven chapters, but the conjuration bothered me, but I kept it in my heart. See, they're blind. Amen. They're politicians. They're blinded to the truth. That's why they keep making these foolish laws. You can see it, but they can't see it because their minds is blinded. Satan has blinded them to the truth. And so, therefore, you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. 
so that others might live. You have the responsibility. You have the power. You have the keys to set them free. Praise God. The religious leader said to Jesus, when Jesus told them there, amen, in John chapter 9, verse 39 through 41, and Jesus says, for judgment... I am coming to this world that they which see not might see, and that that which might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which was with him heard these words, and they said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore you remain. Amen. Praise God. See, when you're blind, you shouldn't be doing wrong. <laughs> Amen. But notice, they says, are we blind also? Yep, you are. Amen. People think they see. They're really blind. They think what they're doing is right. Amen. They think they're doing what, they're, what they're doing is right. They don't realize. They're on the death road to hell. Amen. But you have the keys so that others might live. Amen. Sin will blind you to the truth. Amen. It will blind you so blind. Amen. You won't know if you're coming or whether you're going. Amen. Jesus says if the blind follow the blind, that both is going to fall into the ditch. So we have to make sure. Amen. That we keep our eyes open. Amen. As the psalmist says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. Amen. Praise God. Because all unrighteousness is sin. Unbelief is sin. Fornication is sin. Adultery is sin. Drunkenness is sin. Lying is sin. Gossip is sin. Think about it. One of the problems with sin is if you're not careful... You can become so accustomed. See, that's that's what's wrong with the people, and even some church people. Amen. You tell me, how can people say they they know God, but yet they still keep doing the same old foolish things and supporting the same old foolish ways? They're blind. They're they've become so accustomed to sin. Sin has become a part of their life. Amen. And so they just enjoy. They sit there. It doesn't phase them. They can watch anything on TV, and it doesn't even phase them. They can listen to any kind of music. It doesn't even phase them. You know why? Because they're blind. They're blind. Satan will let you think you're saved. He'll let you think you're saved. But yet, in the end, Jesus says, I know them that are mine. I know them that call themselves Jews that are, that are mine. <clears throat> So that others might live. To set at liberty them that are bruised. The motto for special forces is the presto libre. To free the oppressed. To be oppressed is to be put down. To subdued or suppressed. To be burdened with cruel or unjust imposition or restraint. So how do you liberate someone that's been abused? And that seems to be... The, the answer or the question 
to a lot of people right now. If you if you get information from some of these uh, shelters, women's shelters like New Horizon or some of them, one of the things they're trying to figure out is how to deal with abuse. I come to tell you, the only way you can deal with abuse is people's got to have Jesus. That's the only thing. You, you've got to have let Jesus get in. He's got to get in, amen, and they got to believe this truth of this gospel, amen, and hold to God's unchanging hand and don't let it go. That's the only way they can be delivered, amen, out of it, amen, to be liberated from that abusive way of living, amen, and fear and things that's constantly coming upon them, amen. That's the only way it's going to happen, amen. The world don't have an answer for that. Amen. They can tell you the book definition all they want. They can talk all they want. But I come to tell you, until people get Jesus Christ in their lives and get him rooted and grounded and allow him to pull them out of darkness and bring them to the marvelous light to where they can truly see the truth of the matter. Amen. They will live in that state forever. Amen. It takes Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, no other name, no other gospel, amen, no other word, no other message can set the captives free like Jesus Christ. And that's why it is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation, for our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, for he said, I have heard thee, and the time accepted and the day of salvation have I helped thee. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen. Now is the time that others be saved. Now is the time that you and I must go forth and to save others, pulling them out of the mess, hating their garments, Jews said, spotted by the flesh. We've got to reach down. We can't sit here any longer and allow our family members to die. We can't sit here any longer and allow our grandkids to die. We can't sit here any longer and allow our neighbors and co-workers to die. Don't sit there and allow another one to be taken by hell and Satan and captivated. Don't think... Amen. You can't do it. That only someone else can do it. You have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this so that others may live. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Esther was brought to the kingdom. Amen. And the Jews, Haman, was killing. He had had the king to sign a decree to be able to kill all the Jews, to annihilate all the Jews. But Mordecai was able to get a message to Esther. And he said to Esther, Amen, if you hold back, there's going to rise another. Amen. But you're not going to get away. Who knows if you have not been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. 
And Esther sent back a message to Mordecai and said, you pray and you fast for me. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. And we're going to, I'm going to the king. And if I perish, I'll perish. But notice what happens when she was willing to sacrifice herself. Amen. The king reached out to her. Amen. And as a result, she was able to deliberate, amen, her enemies from her people. And think of the millions of Jews that were saved, amen, because a woman was willing to sacrifice so that others might live. I come to tell you, you don't know. You might be brought to the kingdom to deliver all across Homan, Sparta, whoever. You never know. Just one witness can turn a whole city upside down. One witness can make a difference in a whole community. You never know what God will do with you where he has brought you to. Praise God. Peter says, you're chosen generation. You're royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him, which has called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Amen. So that others can live. Amen. This gospel, the great I am, is with you. Only begotten of the Father is with you. The Spirit of truth is with you. The Prince of Peace is with you. The Everlasting Father is with you. The Lord of Glory is with you. All I did was just take the first letters of the word gospel to come up with that. That's who's with you. The gospel is all about Him. Praise God. How many people are you going to share the gospel with this week so that others might live? Praise God. Brother DeMuth was saying, it just comes down to one. Think about it. If one reached one. I can remember my pastor was teaching a lesson in Thailand, and he had brought some fishing hooks to the class. And he gave us all, it was like a leaders conference, and he gave us all a fishing hook. You know? And he says, now think about it. With this hook, how many fish can you catch? You want to catch one? Or do you want to catch four? And then he gave us a corn kernel of corn. And then he says, now think about it. That one little kernel kernel of corn came off an ear of corn with many kernels. And you take that one kernel and you plant it. And when it grows, how many kernels will be on an ear of corn or a stalk? Sometimes you might get two years. Sometimes you might get three years. Sometimes you might get four years. But think of all the kernels that would be on that stalk. And if you turn around and took each one of those kernels that came off that stalk and replanted it again, how many more would you have? So you stop and think of the concept. You reach one. That individual 
has friends. That individual has families. And they turn around and they reach their families. And that family reach around and reach that family. And reach their families. They keep reaching. Amen. You stop and think. What happens? See, the reproduction process transpired. So we've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this so that others might live. So if you just save one, how many will they save? Who would have ever thought Charles Spurgeon, G.T. Haywood, William Seymour, all these people, you, amen, just think. The people that you may have already won to the Lord, that you don't even know where they are right now, that you haven't seen in a long time. How many people did they go after they left you and went and won more people to the Lord that you don't even know about or I don't even know about? You know, you, you, you never know. That's what it's all about. One plant, one waters. God gives the increase. (laughs) Excuse me. And so we have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this so that others might live. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, let us be willing to sacrifice ourselves, oh, God, for the most shut up you will. That others, oh God, would go forth into the harvest to reap, oh God, I pray, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, God, but now I see. I see your purpose, oh God. I see what you desire me to do, God. I see what you want me to do, God. And while I have any beings, while I have any life, God, I will continue to fulfill the call that you placed in my life, oh God. I will continue to reach. I will continue to reach out. I will continue to help. I will continue to labor. God, wherever you desire me to be, that's where I want to be. As long as you are there with me, God, and you have told me you won't leave me. Oh, God, give us a heart to reach the lost. Uh, Give us a heart, Lord. Let every saint of God, let everyone under the sound of my voice today, God, realize, amen, they've been brought to the kingdom uh, so that others may live. Uh, Maybe it's our children. Maybe it's our grandchildren. Maybe it's our spouse, oh, God. Whatever, maybe it's our neighbors, maybe it's our co-workers, uh, so that they can live, God, to come to know you, to come to know your life, uh, to come to know that you was willing to sacrifice for them. Uh, help us, God, I pray, Lord, help us uh, to be that witness you have called us to be. Uh, help us to be that witness to everyone we come in contact with. Uh, maybe it's just giving a cup of water or giving a bottle of water. Or maybe it's just buying a soda. Or 
maybe it's just buying a meal, or maybe it's breaking a loaf of bread, or maybe it's cooking a meal for our neighbors, or whatever, God. Let us be the witnesses that you have called us and chosen us to be, God. I want to be what you have asked of me to be, God, all because of your amazing grace. Oh, God, how sweet it sounds that saved this wretch. Oh, God, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, God, but now I see your will for me. I see what you desire me to do, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for our missionaries that's going to foreign lands, oh God, but more importantly, God, for the saints of God here in America, God, our nation needs you. Our nations need to be saved. Our people need to be saved, God. So I'm asking you, Lord, I pray that everyone will rise up, oh God, and be a witness in the schools, oh God, on the job wherever, Lord Jesus, in the nursing homes, in in the hospitals, uh, wherever we work, God, wherever we go, businesses, uh, and every place, we would just be the witness uh, to share your great love and your great will. Hallelujah, God. I praise you, my Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I am found. Twas blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace, my fear, really, how precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believe in grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Twas blind, but now I 
been there ten thousand years. Bright shining as the sun. We know less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see, praise God, so that others may live. And you know what? You're going to run into somebody tomorrow at work or wherever. And you know what? The first thing they're going to ask you is, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> you ever have them ask you that when you get to the job? First thing, what did you do this weekend? What are you doing? Oh, not much. Tell them I went to church. Amen. Tell them I went to church. That's an, op- that's an op- door opportunity. Open. I went to church, man, and I heard about Jesus and what he could do. Amen. Use that opportunity. You may not get another opportunity. It might be what they need to hear. They jog their mind. I need to go to church. I've had people say that to me, you know. It's, yeah, I need to go to church. Amen. So let's let's remember that. Father, we praise you again today. We thank you for your people, God. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, continue to guide us and to bless us, Lord, and with your presence always. And we love you and we thank you. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday night Bible study. We're talking a life of service. Amen. And that's what this is all about. Amen. Serving the Lord with a pure heart fervently. Amen. So see everybody Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.